Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I am Dale Tanhart, coming to you from the heart of America. NASCAR Truck Series race last night was the heart of America 200. And for the first time in a long time, we hit a big motherfucking bag on truck night. Shout out to everybody that had Grant Infinger tickets. And shout out to Clouds for ruining my qualifying bets for the second time this year. I'm done betting on qualifying. No more. Work too hard. Just work way too hard to have a cloud decide my 401k. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. But we're not here to talk about qualifying. We're here to talk about the Advent Health 400 post-qualifying bets. Uh, I'll let you guys know what I have, what I took before qualifying and practice, how I feel about those bets now, and what I have added and plan to add to my betting card for the Advent Health 400 here today. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting week. We kind of called on Dale Center from the beginning. Toyota was going to be good, right? While I did miss, I did kind of miss that on qualifying. Team Hendrick and, and Ross Chastain definitely brought the single lap speed. When it, when it came down to averages, long runs, Toyota has shown us that they are the manufacturer to beat. Now, the books are extremely bullish right now, and they will be up until green flag on Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick. Martin Truex Jr. is kind of the one that sticks out to me, uh, and I'll get into I'll get into why. <laughs> if he wins, we're going to have another conversation about whether or not he deserves to get out of prison. So can't wait for that. But um, bullish on those guys, they're kind of so-so on Truex, and they're still kind of sleeping on Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is gonna sit around forty to one or fifty to one every single week no matter what, until he gets close to winning something. So the no surprise there. Um, no plan to have any action on him regarding just an out, an outright bet, a, a bet to win this race. Bubba Wallace still sitting at 20 to 1 in a 23-11 race car. Has me tempted. I haven't placed it. It could be in the horizon before we get to the green flag. And if it is, if it does happen, you'll see it. If you follow me over on the Action Network at Dale Tanhart, uh, you can find it in the link in our bios on Instagram or Twitter or Garage Guys NASCAR Podcast here or on YouTube. Make sure you are following, have your notifications on to me and Garage Guy Chase bets over on the Action Network. Up to the date, as soon as we place a bet, you get notified and then you can tail as soon as possible and before the line actually starts moving. Uh, as well but not to get off topic with our plugs i think that bubba wallace is a decent play at 20 to 1 if you're kind of looking at the toyota camp and you're saying damn i missed the boat on guys like tyler reddick denny hamlin christopher bell you can find speed and better value in a long shot with bubba wallace who i think will run in the top 10, potentially in the top five, and could have a shot at competing for a win. Now, on the flip side of that, I see where the books are, are coming from because according to practice data, it definitely seems like Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Martin Truex, 
the Joe Gibbs racing guys might have a little bit of an edge on speed compared to Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace this time around. Now, they were really good here at Kansas, but the 23XI guys were a little bit better. A little bit better in 2022. But they did mention in the in the Fox broadcast during practice that the car, the chassis that won both Kansas races last year, one with Kurt Busch, one with Bubba Wallace, was destroyed in the crash at Las Vegas that uh, was sparked by Bubba Wallace. So that's worth noting as well. Do you think, oh, God, this is like a, a, a fucking Amelia situation, right? Like Dale Jr.'s precious number 88 car that was so dominant at the super speedways, right? As soon as Amelia was destroyed, I don't think he went back to victory lane again on uh, on the super speedways after 2015. So you could look at it like that and say, okay, maybe 23XI doesn't have the edge here. Maybe uh, we lean with the Joe Gibbs racing guys. And I think that's a great place to start. I mentioned them earlier. I'm on Martin Truex Jr. again. Uh, plus 850 on Bovada is the best line that exists right now. You can get seven and a half to one or plus 750 over on DraftKings, over on FanDuel, also a good line. And I think there's a lot of value there because if you look at practice data, I think Martin Truex has the best practice data resume out of all the Toyotas and out of everybody in the field based off of what I'm seeing in averages. He has less fall off. While Denny Hamlin is at the top of the charts, 5 lap, 10 lap, 15 lap, we're going to see 40 to 60, 80 lap green flag runs today, guys. This isn't just dictated off 15 laps. So one thing to always look for is what is the actual fall off level, right? And we're talking hundredths of a second. But over an 80 lap green flag run, those hundredths of a second make a big difference. They compound. And when I look at Denny Hamlin, his five-lap average was a 30.96 second lap. Martin Truex, down in 10th on the board, is a 31.242 second lap, right? That's over a course of five laps. Well, fast forward to 15 laps. Denny Hamlin is at a 31.3. And Martin Truex Jr. is at a 31.37. So what does that tell you? If you want to do some math right there, that means Denny Hamlin, over the course of 10 laps, lost about four-tenths of a second. While Martin Truex Jr., in that same exact interval from his five-lap average to his 15-lap average, lost only just short of a tenth and a half. Right there, that, that tells me a lot, right? That tells me less fall off. Now, the practice data sometimes, I don't like to take too much stock. And I, I talk about this, it's a constant battle, right? Because you're not, the way these group practices work, you're not getting the full effect of racing around 20 to 30 guys at once, right? You have a, a much more clean racetrack. You're not racing around a, a bunch of different drivers. You're only racing around half the field at best because a lot of the practice sessions, somebody comes out for two laps and then they spend 
most of the session, making adjustments, come back out, run a couple more laps. Exhibit A, Joey Logano in practice yesterday. So I don't base every single penny I bet off of practice lap averages. But there are some indicators that usually work, that usually apply to race day. And that is an indicator, right? Lack of fall off. Martin Truex Jr. had less fall off over that course than Denny Hamlin did, who is the consensus favorite to win this race now, trending around five to one, six to one. So you want to add, let's throw that in the equation. And then let's add in the fact that Denny Hamlin's pit crew takes him out of the race every single week. And if it's not his pit crew, it's him making some kind of mistake on pit road speeding, right? So I think another good play, I have not bet this. I have not decided if I will bet this personally. But if you're not feeling the back-to-back, which rarely happens in Gen Gen 7 NASCAR Cup Series competition, if you're not feeling the back-to-back, Denny Hamlin is a big favorite over Truex in head-to-head matchups on any sports book. Truex is going to be a plus money, like plus 110, plus 115. I think Truex has a better race car than Denny Hamlin this weekend. So if you feel the same way, if you look at the data and dig into it and, and believe that as well, Martin Truex Jr. at plus money in this matchup, I think is a good bet. I definitely think that's a good bet. And even if he's not better, their race cars are very close, right? I think their race cars are close enough that it's surprising that Denny Hamlin's being valued here on Barstool Sportsbook at minus 143 versus Truex at plus 110. I think that gives you an option on Martin Truex if you're not leaning towards the victory, taking him to win the race because uh, of the speed. You think Truex is better and the elements that surround Denny Hamlin's struggles, which is pit road mistakes, kind of that black cloud deal. So I like action on Martin Truex Jr. I have personally bet the Martin Truex Jr. line plus 850 over on Bovada. I would bet it down to plus 750, which you can get on DraftKings and FanDuel right now. Moving on, I'm going to shift gears into an underdog play, and we're going to go outside the Toyota camp easily. If this isn't the first podcast you've listened to, if you watch Dale Center and if you listen to any other reputable betting podcasts in the world, in the NASCAR world, They've probably talked about Daniel Suarez. Our Discord's been talking about him constantly. He's the first thing that stuck out to me this week on Tuesday when odds dropped. I locked him in at 40 to 1, assuming that it would not last once we saw some track time activity. And yes and no. I believed it would it would fall off to, you know, 28 to 1, 25 to 1, because Suarez was going to be good in practice and qualifying. You can still get it at 35 to 1, ladies and gentlemen. 35 to 1. This bet is still hanging out for us, which is shocking because Daniel Suarez, great in practice, qualified well. He's got track position. And when you look at the practice data, talking about these indicators, if you kind of dig and dig and dig, something I brought up to the Discord. Um, and you can grab that 35 to 1 on DraftKings and FanDuel at the time that I've recorded this podcast. DraftKings and FanDuel, Suarez, 35-1. to I think it's worth noting that Daniel Suarez was in Group A in practice. A lot of these Toyotas, Denny Hamlin, Truex, Reddick, 
that were pacing everybody, Christopher Bell, pacing the long run speed, were all in Group B. Group B clearly got a faster racetrack during their session. And, I mean, as the day went on, the track got faster and faster and faster. Uh, sun, you know, the sun starts coming down a little bit. Shade starts opening up more. The temperatures cool a little bit, which is, I think, very similar to conditions we're going to see today in the race, which is good. That makes the practice data uh, more validated to translate into race data. But the point here is the track got faster and faster. So Suarez, Group A practice was the slowest the track was in all Cup Series action on Saturday between practice and qualifying. Group A practice was the slowest that the track ever was. And you look at averages, and Daniel Suarez is right in between the Toyotas from 5-lap to 10-lap to 15-lap averages. He did not even come off the track until the end of the session. That tells me he was happy with his race car, did not need significant changes. And if you look at the data, he's right up there with all these Toyotas that ran on a faster racetrack, guys. That sticks out. I'm not saying Daniel Suarez is going to go beat all these guys because, as I said, we're going to see 50, 60, 70 lap runs here today, I think. Last year, you had more cautions because there were tire problems on the mile and a half. The tire problem has been largely defeated in 2023 at this type of racetrack for the most part. So I think we're going to see a lot of green flag racing today. Not a lot of craziness, not a lot of chaos, unless it happens on a restart. But I don't think we're going to get into a cautions breed caution type situation. Long green flag runs. I think the Toyotas are better than everybody. But to see Suarez on a slower racetrack running those lap averages definitely sticks out to me for a guy that's 35 to 1. We've seen the speed that Trackhouse has had on these type of racetracks since 2022 with Ross Chastain. Suarez arguably had the best car at the Coke 600 last year at Charlotte, was really good at Kansas last year before blowing a tire while running up in the top five, contended for the win at Michigan, which is a good sister racetrack comparison to Kansas. 35 to 1 is still a great bet for Daniel Suarez. I would bet this down to 30 to 1. And you can get that. I think you'll be able to get 30 to 1 or 35 to 1 up until green flag. Fantastic value there. Uh, you know, top fives, top tens, I'm not sure about. I feel like the books have done a good job in saturating the top five odds really negatively for us. So I don't I don't know if I'm crazy about Suarez for top five. It, Three and a half to one, not my favorite. Plus money for a top 10 is something I'm considering. It's on the table, and you'll find out if I bet that or not if you follow me over in the Action Network, uh, Dale Tanhart. So I'm already on Suarez for the win. I grabbed 40 to one, but we're kind of we're being given kind of a treat here after seeing that he was really fast, and we're still able to get 30 to one or 35 to one. So definitely consider... Daniel Suarez is one of your big underdog plays. And uh, speaking of underdog plays, these same two guys I talked about for Dover, it's fucking deja vu. Let's go to the Ford camp. Ford wa was really, really bad at Dover in 2022, right? So I bet on a couple guys to be the top Ford, long shot plays, because 
if Ford is showing severe lack of speed compared to Chevy and Toyota, it leaves the manufacturer bets wide open for Ford. Now, Ryan Blaney came out at Dover and surprised me. And I think surprised a lot of people because his resume at Dover was or and is horrendous. And he came out and ran top five the whole day. And he was really the only Ford that was competitive other than Kevin Harvick. Harvick was competitive for a little while, but Blaney was the one guy that hung around top five all day. I don't know if that's going to happen this week. Kansas is another track where Ford has been really, really bad in the Gen 7 era. Top Ford in the spring race last year was Austin Sendrick, and he finished 11th. He finished 11th, and he was the top finishing Ford in the Kansas spring race. Fall race, top finishing Ford finished 9th, and that was Ryan Blaney. Come back to Vegas earlier this year, top finishing Ford, Austin Sendrick finished 6th. Now, there were some different variables that happened at Vegas with a late race restart, but I think you have to consider Austin Sendrick. Those lap times, if you want to dig into the data on lap averages, they look fucking terrible for Austin Sendrick. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But there are situations where some data can be flawed. I don't know if Sendrick was experimenting with different lines. I don't know if he... I mean, he could have just been handling terribly, and his car might just be absolutely terrible. But to see Joey Logano have some decent speed in practice and in qualifying, to know what Blaney's had here in the past, to know that Cindric ran top 15 both Kansas races in 2022, sixth at Las Vegas earlier this year, which is a good sister racetrack. I think Austin Cindric 14 to 1 for top Ford over on Barcel Sportsbook is worth something. It is worth something. Nothing crazy, small play, a little bit of a sprinkle, but it's worth something for a guy in Penske equipment and driving for a manufacturer that is wide open on who takes the crown because their speed is is clearly off compared to Chevy and Toyota. Like you're not going to take Ryan Blaney at two to one or Joey Logano at two to one or, or, or three to one. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, I think Ryan Blaney will be the top forward. Am I going to bet two to one? Fuck no. The manufacturer is slow as dog shit this weekend. Lack of speed creates uncertainty, and uncertainty creates opportunities for guys like Austin Cendrick and the other guy I want to talk about, Michael McDowell. 65 to one top forward over on Caesar Sportsbook. Is it going to happen? Probably not, and that's why it's fucking 65 to 1. But but I'm sure everybody also said, is Grant Enfinger going to win this race that Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain and Zane Smith are in? Probably not. And he was 66 to 1, and he won last night. I had him top three, 9 to 1. Didn't have him to win, but all good. Discord cashed big time, tailing the top three bet that I gave, and then a lot of guys telling – uh, telling each other about Grant Enfinger outright at 66 to 1 on BetMGM. Hell of a bet. Michael McDowell has five finishes of 19th or better in his last six Kansas starts. And what I wrote about over on the dailydownforce.com in my betting article, uh, what I mentioned in our in the Garage Guys Discord, yeah, he doesn't have a top 10 run at Kansas in his career. 
But if he runs inside the top 20, which he's done consistently at this racetrack for the past three or four years, he's in the ballpark. He's in the ballpark to be in contention to win the top four prize, if you will. If this race goes similar to how Kansas was in 2022 with the top Ford finishing 12th or 11th. Yeah. Michael McDowell, 65 to one, totally worth it for a sprinkle. Nothing crazy, nothing heavy, but worth a shot, worth a shot. Because if he runs top 20, he's in the ballpark. He's in the ballpark. And I will also add that Michael McDowell is a guy that, drives for a team that has been aggressive kind of like brad keselowski right whenever we get these long green flag runs you will see michael mcdowell doing the opposite of whatever the leaders do so leaders are going to pit you know split the stage in half michael mcdowell is going to stay out and hope for a caution and catch half the field or more a lap down that kind of stuff matters and eventually you know it will hit you know, it, that caution will come out. They will catch that break, and it will give them enhanced track position. It doesn't happen every single time, obviously. But this is a good track for it to happen at. These mile-and-a-halves create good opportunity for strategy. Uh, this is how Kevin Harvick won at Michigan last year. Didn't have the best car, but he used strategy. And he got lucky with a timely caution. We've seen these timely cautions flip races, and guys like Michael McDowell are going to be aggressive in attempting to flip that race by staying out longer, trying to get that caution, and trying to do anything they can to increase their track position. I love that. That makes me feel even better about a 65-1 to 1 bet. And all you, there's a chance that all you could need is him to finish 11th or 12th or 13th, and he could be the top forward because the program is remarkably slow on these intermediate-style racetracks right now. It's worth a shot. Um, what else do I have here? So I haven't logged this bet, but I am going to bet it. I am going to. I'm waiting right now at the time that I've recorded this. I know you're going to hear my mouse click in a little bit. Caesar Sportsbook has not dropped their head-to-head matchups. Um, this head-to-head matchup is a featured matchup on Barstool and BetMGM. And it is Ty Gibbs head-to-head against Josh Berry. Ty Gibbs is a max play here, guys. Max play. Toyotas are fast. Ty Gibbs is fast. He's got track position. And he's got experience, which sounds hilarious because he's like fucking 12 years old and Josh Berry's like 30. But when you look at his experience, he has eight starts on Gen 7. Eight starts on intermediate racetracks in the Gen 7 race car, dating back to last year. Josh Berry has one, one start on an intermediate-style racetrack in a Gen 7 race car, and it was earlier this year at Las Vegas, filling in for Chase Elliott. He started 32nd, and he finished 29th. It was a struggle. I think Josh Berry, I love Josh. He did wreck me on iRacing by accident last week, but I love Josh. He's won me some money. Usually, you'll see me betting on him in some kind of underdog capacity when he's been filling in for guys like Chase Elliott and Bowman. 
but the Toyotas are fast. I like the experience that Ty Gibbs has racing at Kansas last year, at Vegas last year, at Michigan last year, amongst several mile halves, several intermediates. Didn't run great at Vegas earlier this year, but he did beat Josh Berry head-to-head in a Hendrick Motorsports car. And the Toyotas are better this week than they were at Las Vegas, according to all the data that I've looked at. They're going to be better. So I like Ty Gibbs here. I'm not crazy. I'm never crazy about like a minus 150, minus 160 type of line, which is why I want to wait until I see if Caesars is going to post this matchup and maybe get something a little bit better. Maybe try to check out your offshores and see if you can find something. But right now the best line is Barca Sportsbook minus 155. This is a max bet play. This is a max play. It will be a max play for me. Just hoping that I see a better line somewhere else, slightly more advantageous than minus 155. But, I mean, it's it's as, as close to a lock as you can find, I, I think. Ty Gibbs has been a much improved driver in 2023. And just that seat time, man. Just that seat time and understanding and adapting to this race car and his transition from the Xfinity Series, I think will show out in this head-to-head matchup. I think I think Ty runs around the top 10 all day. I think Josh Berry is going to struggle, run around 25th to 30th, and uh, which is why I'm going to put I'm going to put some some bills on this one. Definitely going to put some bills on this one. Just let's hold out for a little while, see what Caesars does if they do even have the matchup. But one thing I told the Discord, you know, Josh Berry has adapted well to this Cup car at Dover and Richmond. Uh, Phoenix had some good runs. But I think the transition from the Xfinity car to the Cup car is a lot steeper at a track like this versus a Dover or versus a Richmond. Now, the short tracks like Richmond, Martinsville, I don't I don't think they were doing much shifting at Dover. Um, the big difference in the Xfinity car and the Cup car on tracks like that is the shifting deal, right? The gear ratio. But handling-wise, I think the Cup car handles considerably close to what the Xfinity car handles like on tracks like Dover, on tracks like Richmond, Martinsville. But when you go from a mile and a half race at Kansas in the Xfinity series to a mile and a half race at Kansas in the cup series, the arrow, I feel like it's totally different. The horsepower is totally different there. It's a, it's a very different style of racing compared to what it is in Xfinity. So I think that adjustment, I think, that seat time with Ty Gibbs having eight starts on this type of racetrack versus Josh Berry only having one will make a difference. It will make a difference. I think Ty Gibbs hammer max play on this matchup for the Advent Health 400. And that's what I got. That's what I got right now. As I said, I'm leaning, thinking about Bubba Wallace outright, maybe a top 10, maybe a top 10 on Suarez. If I can, if I, it will stay in the plus money territory and more. And you'll just have to follow along over an action network, follow on Twitter, Instagram to see everything that I add before we hit the green flag. Waiting on stage bets as well. Caesars still has not dropped stage props. Uh, love stage bets. Love, love, love stage bets. I'm ready to see what, what our lines look like there. So another reason to follow me on Twitter there to, to get that update. Um, and I just wanted to go through everything I have. I did take Blaney pre-practice at 20 to 1. 
Yeah, hate that. Hate that because now you can get 25 to one for Blaney, and the Fords are not good. Uh, to put it nicely, pretty fucking, they're pretty fucking slow, I think, according to everything we've seen. I got Reddick at nine to one very early in the week, feel good about that. And then I got Suarez 40 to one, as I told you guys in this podcast. And I will look at what Garage Guy Chase has. Chase wasn't able to make the pod this morning. Um, he's a family man. All right. He's a family man. He's got he's got a lot of shit going on. Loves his family. He's got Suarez 40 to 1. He's got Chase Elliott 11 to 1. He's got Bubba 20 to 1. He's got Reddick 7.5 to 1. He bet on Stenhouse 100 to 1. Stenhouse for a top 10, which is a bet I was considering. Ricky could be a, a play here because Ricky messed up his qualifying time. You're going to see, oh, he qualified 33rd. He hit the wall on his outlap, and that totally messed his time up. So I think he could have more speed than what we saw in qualifying. And then he's got Daniel Suarez top 10 uh, at a very good price at plus 140. That's a super good price. That does not exist anymore. Caesars moves lines like that whenever you bet them, if you play something substantial on it. So, um Suarez still in the plus money department. We'll take a look at that. But keep following Dale Tanhart on Twitter, Action Network, Instagram, Garage Guys on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, all the social media stuff. I think it's in this. I think you can like scroll down and see it on the podcast. But I'm really not fucking sure, to be honest with you. That's a chase question. I'll have to figure that out for you guys. But check out everything Garage Guys, Dale Tanhart, Garage Guy Chase, everything we got. Betting-wise, on the Action Network and or on Twitter or in the Discord. One of the fastest-growing NASCAR slash motorsport betting communities in the universe. Join us and see what we all got going on. There's a lot of people in there that are just posting lucrative betting slips, man. We love it. We love to see it. People making some serious motherfucking coin. And not just from our advice, but from their own advice, right? Everybody wants to have their own input on some things. And I totally believe in that as well. Respect your own intuitions, make some plays based off of what you think. And the discord absolutely promotes that. So it's an awesome community to be a part of. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Keep an eye out on everything. It's going to be a fun day at Kansas motor speedway. Good luck to everybody. I hope we have a very profitable Sunday at Kansas.